Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and the baby stealer, Nick Protopapis. That's right, I found you out. I know you were stealing all those babies. What do you even do with all those babies? What? I, uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Joe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, first, I'm gonna organize them. I'm gonna sort them into different baby categories. Um, based on shape, shape of baby. And then I will distribute them appropriately to the proper homes. Probably. That's good. I just, I'm, uh. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to report you to the police anymore. Man of system, Joe. This isn't this isn't some baby hoarding. All right, I'm going to distribute my babies when I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm using them right now, but it's for the greater good. For um, right, you're giving the you're giving the babies back to the people. Yeah, I'm just I'm just reorganizing a little so that okay. things can be better now. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Parents can finally have the right shaped baby. Mm-hmm. That weird baby that looked like. Like a like a slimy fish with eight legs. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take that baby. And I'm gonna bring it to the right place. Good. Yeah. Look, Joe. These are very complicated things. I'll I'll explain it to you later when you're older. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to talk to me about the crudes before we started recording. Uh, Joe, I don't think I've ever wanted to talk about the crudes, but I now that you started. Remember the first? <laughs> that was I like, do. I I have vague memories of like watching that sometime in middle school. Um. Yeah. All the people look really ugly. I guess because they're Neanderthals or something, and they uncover a, a cool ancient world. And everybody loved that movie a lot when it came out, except for me. I hated it. I was like, that was a dumb movie, and I hated it. But I remember. I'm, I'm doing research on the Crudes. I remember the climax of that movie is them having to jump over a really large canyon. You know, uh, you know there was going to be a sequel to The Crudes that uh, was going to come out this year? Um, they're probably still making it. Mm. My guess is it's canceled based on world events. Oh, I'm not, I don't mean it's going to come out at the same time. I think it probably got canceled in the first place because Universal... Um, Right? Universal bought DreamWorks, so they changed some things up. Like we thought we were getting three more Kung Fu Panda sequels, but we're not sure about that anymore. Whoa, did we think we were getting three more Kung Fu Panda sequels? Literally after the first movie, they were like, yep, we're making six. (laughs) I was so excited as however old I was, and I was like, wow, that's a big plan for these movies. Because, you know, that movie was so popular when it came out. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so popular. They immediately decided to make six, which is dedicating dedicating yourself to make six kung fu, six kung fu panda movies, but also six animated movies in general is just incredible to me. I mean, they got half you know. I mean, because think about how long it takes for for animated movies to be developed, like five or six years, um, generally. Um, and you think that you're 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 Kung Fu Panda film franchise will be popular for the next 30 years. That's a huge progression. I mean, I mean, it worked halfway. They got halfway there. Yeah. Ice Age has like five movies, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It hasn't been done yet, but I I believe that Kung Fu Panda will do it first. Yeah, I mean, I think we're just like not in the phase anymore where, where we can crank out like a bunch of straight to video Disney sequels. Um, 
you know, like Frozen 2 was in theaters, for example, like 20, 30 years ago, that would have been on DVD. Yeah, yeah, they used to do that. Anyways, the way that they would write about it, like when, like, if you clicked the, the, like, hey, how come Wikipedia says it's going to be six movies? They said something like, yeah, we just have this huge saga planned out for the Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they had a plan for where it was going, at least vaguely, which is awesome. Um, and that's why I'm extra invested in the Kung Fu Panda franchise more than any other person. Mm-hmm. Maybe not more than any other person. I didn't. Watch when it. was when was Kung Fu Panda Four planned for? I don't know. I don't remember. But I'm not. I'm not sure. It's not a date. They probably so didn't call a date. Research. But I just. I think that Poe was going to become like a god by the, end of the last movie. He was going to become like a panda god. Or maybe he'd be an old man in the last movie. That would be cool too. If he got like a sword, that would be even. That would be cool also. I don't know. I'd be really excited to see where that's going. Possible romance with a tiger. Um, maybe, you know, maybe some of the other Furious Five get some get some plot or something. What's uh, what's that little mantis all about? <laughs> CF two. Or a, I'm looking at an art, I'm looking at an article that was published yesterday from a very suspicious newspaper um, that seems to have been written by a robot. Oh, I'm talking about Kung Fu Panda, but I think it's fine. <laughs> I think I I managed some some quality conversation by myself. Oh yeah, thank you for vamping, uh, Nick. You want to tell me about your thing for this week? Uh, sure. My thing for this week is uh, was inspired by a late night days which I was looking for something on Netflix that was going to be sort of stupid, but fill, fill, fill that void for just a little bit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to like commit to anything, but I just wanted to be entertained immediately. Clicked again, and I, I found a different show that looked really dumb, and it was called I'm Not Okay With This. Literally, I think in the description, it's like angsty teen Sydney, which is the main character. Um, so it seems like that kind of show, you know? Like a... Mm-hmm. Like a angsty teen not much else going on stupid show and uh it kind of is kind of um and like there's some points in the script where you're like oh oh really like they're going to a party and they're scared like oh oh really there's a bully like oh really um things like that and there's lots of like little like cliches and it's like ah i know where this is going and then you, you can sort of have fun you know you know you know shows that like you can watch with another person and like point out how everything's dumb. I'm familiar. Yeah, there's like little things like that where it's like, oh, oh, really? Um, but then this show is actually crazier than that because I didn't read the descriptions or trailer or anything. I was just like, oh, I'm just watching a weird dumb show. Um, and first of all, the you know first thing you're gonna notice is that it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous show. It looks great. <laughs> I mean, it's just really pretty. It's like I really like wherever the hell they are. It, it says Brownsville in the show, but I'm not sure if that's a real place. Um, <laughs> And it's somewhere in Pennsylvania, and it's just sort of like a small town, and it's got a bridge, and it's pretty. It's gorgeous. And then um, the other thing is that the acting's really good. Maybe not all the acting, I can't really tell, but um, the main character is uh, played by Sophia Lillis, whom you might know from, uh, from It. She's the girl in It, the new It. I hate referencing that movie, um, because it's called It, and I don't think that should be allowed. But she was in it. You probably remember because that movie is really popular. And she does a great job. And there's all this, like, you know, pretty basic, like, oh, I'm narrating. Like, life is hard. Like, 
I hate high school. Am I right? High school is the worst. And then it's like her footage of her going to high school class. And it's like, oh, my teachers, they're so stupid. Footage of teacher being stupid, you know, stuff like that. But she sure. just really sells it and is super charming. And like, I don't know. She's great. That's that's a lot of like what's going through my head during the show. It's just like I like watching this person. And I like watching like all the little nuances of how she just seems like a real, real human all the time. At all time. Even when she's saying like really stupid dialogue or narration, you know? It's like, wow, you're really selling this. And she makes everything better because now I'm invested, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm watching this and I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is just the amount of stupid, but like actually good enough that this is, you know, and now it's, you know, I've watched like the the episodes are really short, which is the other good thing. And it's only like seven, it's like 20 minute episodes, seven episodes. And then, then Joe, there's another selling point. Are you ready? Okay. Dude, she has superpowers. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> One point she just gets angry and like something moves. And you're like, wait, what? Because I thought I was watching this other dumb show. But actually it's great. Um, and then that sort of like subtly, not too subtly, but like it's not really the focus for a little bit. Um, that builds up and uh, it keeps going. And there's like some of that stuff, but it's never like, oh, superhero or like, oh, my powers like all of it is very character focused so it really works with blending with the like high school Mm -hmm. of it all um and i just i really i think it's a really charming show i think it's just i really like the girl she's great she's so great um i would watch her do almost anything um and then the, the music they do good with music and it's pretty and then also they like hit you with stuff you don't expect well sort of just that one thing but then that is like a, another point of interest in the show, if you dig. Is that like a, a, a drop at the end of the first episode, or is it like a slow burn? I think it's I think it's the first episode, yeah. I mean, the first time it happens, mm-hmm. you get it. You, okay. You just like, you're like, oh, weird. Like, because the first time it happens, you as the audience are like, I'm smart. I know that I know what this is. But um, but yeah, it's it's pretty slow. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I think it's really great. It's short and sweet. All right, yeah, I was. This is something I was sort of planning to check out already. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm sold. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know yet, but I'm hoping that this is just like, for your benefit, of course. I was like, hey, what if this is just like a really subtle build to an X Men show? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, so I did actually know about the superpower angle. I had this, um, pitched to me by someone as like a Jean Grey show. Dude, I was um, thinking she could be gray. She, she could be drinking. Why not? She has red hair, I think. Maybe. Yeah, why not? She'd be good at that, right? I guess it's red. I don't really. I'm not really qualified for these things. I can't right. really tell. Can you check? Sophia. Lewis. I'll talk to the audience about Kung Fu Panda, so you don't even have to edit this. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's red. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also, they have this great thing called hair dye. Um. I mean, yeah, but I mean, is she redhead in the show? Is my point. Like, right, right. Like, like, could this already be happening? Not, mm-hmm. do you know? You know, Joe. Leave me alone. I know there's hair dye. I know all about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, you wash it in your hair, and then your hair changes color. I know everything about hair dye. All right. Leave me alone. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my thing this week is a new book. Uh, I believe it's a couple weeks old, um, and it's a it's uh, Gene Yang's new book. 
uh, our friend Jin, Jin Yang. Um, and this is called Dragon Hoops. Um, and so what it's about, uh, bear with me, is it is somewhat autobiographical um, in other ways, just biographical, because it is uh, mostly about Jin Yang following uh, the basketball team of the high school he taught at for many years, uh, the Bishop O'Dowd Dragons. Uh, and they have this big story where many years ago they they lost uh, this big game, the national championship, and they've they've continued to lose. Uh, but this year they might be making a comeback. Um, and so simultaneously to this, uh, we see uh, Jin Yang uh, sort of going through various stages of his career and discovering what he wants to do as a cartoonist. Um, so one of the the pivotal uh, turning points in this for him um, is him deciding uh, that he eventually does not want to be a teacher anymore, that he wants to pursue comics full time uh, as a career. And so one of the really cool things about this is that as someone who was not at all invested in basketball uh, when the story started, um, you actually get a pretty good insider or outsider perspective because Jin Yang at the beginning of the story is not someone who was invested in basketball. He's not someone who really knows about it. Um, one of the things that he highlights early on is that, well, yeah, he's a nerd. Um, he is uh, a cartoonist and he's very much someone who is only um, to any to any extent an insider in this space because he happens to be a teacher at this school. Um, otherwise, like uh, he would have no in. Um, and because of that, we get to understand and sort of grow uh, with the players. Um, and I think that's really cool. Um, we get a spotlight on... We get individual spotlights on a lot of the team. Uh, you get to see sort of uh, a lot of the player struggles with uh, race or like uh, their difficulties uh, with their neighborhood or their families um, or just, um, you know, what, whatever happens to drive them uh, uh, to play basketball. And there, there's a really cool just diversity of perspective because you see a bunch of these different teenagers who are like united by uh, this sport, uh, but are also just very different people. Um, and that's really cool, especially in that we see um, kind of the dyna the dynamics of how they bounce off of one another, um, which is one of the things that makes the book that makes the book really special. Um, otherwise, it's um, I think, you know, the, the first uh, book in a while that Jin Yang has uh, written and drawn, which is really special. His cartooning is just uh, top notch in this. I think better than it's ever been in some ways, uh, even better than uh, American Board Chinese. And it's also, I think, his first uh, autobiographical uh, comic. Um, I could be wrong on that, um, but it's really just a pleasure uh, to read. Um, it's emotional. It uh, really engages you. Um, there are some great, like, quote-unquote action scenes uh, with, with the basketball stuff. Um, I highly recommend it. I know you're basically already sold because it's by Gene Lin Yang. But uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic book. Cool. That sounds good, Joe. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely read it because... Excellent, yeah. I do like Jin Yang. I'd also like to point out that the the jacket of the book is really great. It's textured like a basketball, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I just find hilarious. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Do, does the does the words on the title are they like slightly higher up than the rest? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> they run their fingers back and forth. 
No, I, I, I understand, Joe. That's always fun. Except that I hate both. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about. <laughs> have you read on Nameless City? Just sort of randomly. Uh, by Faith Aaron Hicks, I haven't, but it's been on my list for a while. It's real good. Good layout. So I've heard. Did I tell you how good the layouts are? Because I actually haven't read that book. I've just flipped through it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I keep meaning to read well, it. We should. And I'm like, wow, this we should absolutely flip the page, huh? <laughs> We should absolutely do Nameless City for a future episode. You want to do it tomorrow? Not tomorrow. I meant next week. Uh, Yeah, sure. All right. Cool. It'd be fun to finally okay. make a story behind the layouts that I've been looking at. <laughs> um, Nick, you want to move on to the main event? Yeah, let's. Okay. Uh, so today we are talking about uh, Runaways number 24 through 31, Cannon Fodder. Uh, the first issue of that is actually the last issue in another arc, but it's one that we didn't cover last time we did the series, and also I think it's a pretty good lead-in to this arc. Uh, yeah, um, the main plot of this one is that the Runaways are uh, recruited uh, by this local superhero named Doc Justice, um, and they become superheroes uh sort of under his guidance um and you know there's something seedy going on and we sort of unravel that as the plot goes on um yeah yeah that's pretty much what happens um there was like one or two issues that i read before that plot that are sort of like i guess you said that right they're just like wrapping up the other stuff leading into this stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, basically carolina was uh doing some superhero stuff and uh, that sort of leads into them getting wrapped up in a with a superhero, and then he sort of recruits all of them to join his team, his J team. I thought the art was real cool, um, as usual. I actually really like seeing sort of a little bit of a different style with the Doc Justice character introduced because he's more of a you know classic superhero type. So they, I think, try right, to yeah. do a little more you know, more basic style. Um, and I, I really like him actually as a character, the way his face plays around, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, the art's been great, but it's just like, it's fun to see sort of a different, because they're in a, such a different situation. You get like different costumes, like different locations and more, definitely more like classically superhero action panels, you know? Yeah, we get a lot of, or I mean, I think, you know, we don't actually get that many in-person fight scenes. A lot of the, one of the interesting things about this arc is that a lot of the fight scenes take place mostly off panel. Um, you know, I can't think of any like general superhero action that happens like in the middle of the story that we, we don't just see from like briefly or yeah. like from the perspective of the camera. We're definitely- um, on the, on the subject of the art, I, I really, I really like Gina Lay's art. Um, he's the artist that's taken over from Chris Sanka. Um, I think uh, like his interpretation of this new character, Doc Justice, is really good, and also um, uh, Doc Justice's assistant slash son. We find out later on, wow. uh, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> that character is also really great um, at emoting. Um, I think I do have a slight issue with how he draws, uh, particularly Carolina and Nico. Does he look the same? Um, because... hmm? Why is that your problem? 
They have the same head. It's a, they have the same. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's they they. So the issue about those two characters um, is that uh, I think Gina Lay for the characters that he hasn't designed um, has a tendency to draw uh, characters with similar facial expressions, and that presents a problem when we have Carolina and Nico uh, who have very similar silhouettes um, in basically the same frame. Uh, so you have some panels, particularly in 24, where they are looking at each other and making the same exact expression, uh, which is just really jarring. Um, that's my only real major complaint. I, I also think in that particular issue, there's a real absence in of like actual backgrounds, uh, which kind of harms the storytelling. But that is really only a problem for that one issue. And I think it's something that absolutely like picks up as the series continues. Yeah. No, they do have the same yeah. face, head. They, ridiculous. Everything's the same except their hairstyle. It's like, oh, it, it's also weird because mm -hmm. we're dating. It's just like, I don't, it's just weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it, it, it was like one of those things where I think even on my first read through, um, like six months ago, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, that's strange. And below the general art quality of the series, especially for Gina Lay, who I think is a, a really quality artist most of the time. Um but beyond that, I think he does a pretty damn good job of characterizing everyone. Um, I think, you know, uh, there are going to be inevitable comparisons to Chris Anka. Um, and, you know, I think he, he's facing an uphill battle there because Chris Anka, for me, is like one of my favorite superior artists. Uh, and he even pops in here for an arc for an, uh, one issue. Um, and the difference is just really stark. Uh, they have similar styles. Wait, what? Uh, but I, think, I didn't notice. Uh, he pops in for issue 27. What? What's going on in that issue? Uh, it's just like in the middle of the arc. I didn't notice, so that's funny. They tricked me. <laughs> I, I don't have... Yeah, all right. <laughs> I think, you know, my main gripe is that I think Anka has a better grasp on just uh, style in terms of street clothes. I think I think Gina Lay, um is very good at, uh, at least yeah, with Doc Justice, sure. which I think he's, his he's design. super um, sexy in this series. I mean, he's always super sexy. <laughs> he's always wearing the best clothes. That's what I noticed. Victor looks great. I mean, they, they all have they all have such great clothes, um, which right. I think is one of the things that is a little bit lacking in the transition uh, from uh, between artists. Um, I think it's something that he sort of gets the hang of later on, especially with Gert. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, overall, I don't mean to rag on this particular artist. I I really no, it's really like good. his work generally. Yeah. Uh, like really stellar art. Like, yeah. I don't know uh, those are just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah sorry. Don't mean to uh, kick it off with such negativity. Um, I really do appreciate his art. Um, it's really great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the great little details that he adds in, uh, which is mostly him, I think. I, I can't remember if this was something that Anka started first. Uh, Molly's going through like a, a mostly uncommented upon growth spurt, which is just really funny. <laughs> He's taller than Nico now. She says that at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like the one line we get that talks about it, uh, which is great. Joe, if, um, if Molly grows up, I won't be able to handle it. Yeah. <laughs> if Molly becomes an adult, I will stop breathing. <laughs> I think she's still 13 or 14. Okay, good. We have a, we have a... Um there is a bit in um 
the all-new X-Men series where we get a time-traveling Molly Hayes from the future, where oh, she's wow. like a buff adult. Nice. That's cool. Uh, yeah, but that she's like in from an evil alternate timeline. I believe she hasn't shown up in a while. Huh. Yeah. Um, there is one great panel that Genelay does. Uh, one of my favorites in the the this whole arc um, is there's a bit where Doc Justice kind of uh, encouraging the team uh, to sort of take up his cause uh, very subtly, um, and they're all like uh, lined up. Um, sort of like a superhero team they're they're in their civilian outfits um, but behind them there are a bunch of like framed photos of his previous teams uh, and it's just really great yeah I mean the art's really really good so yeah yeah um also this uh runaways is typically very funny it's um you know it's it's kind of a hangout comic in the same vein as giant days just with like superhero trappings I kind of think of it as as um but like this this volume in particular just has a lot of great jokes uh there's a line where like carolina is talking about uh how she wants to find her highest purpose and molly responds you mean like flying yeah that was funny i liked i liked a more subtle one where chase becomes gun arm in his superhero you know um name and Someone's talking mm-hmm. about a villain. They're like, I remember the plan. They're like, oh, these, these people are going to have arms. And he goes, I have arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of gun arm, there's another uh, really uh, great bit where like, this is also pretty subtle, where Chase is talking about how he wants to be named gun arm. Uh, and Molly keeps correcting him uh, because he's talking gun arm with as two words and she has the words conjoined in her speech bubbles, uh, <laughs> uh, which is just great. Um, but later everybody talks about it as two words. So I guess it didn't carry over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's another great one where uh, doc justice is like, he picks up a phone uh, and he says, this is justice. Yes, I understand. How much heroin? Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, I remember that one. Good yeah. God. <laughs> good God, I'll be right over or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I think this is going to top the rift in terms of how much of the episode is just us quoting the book. Oh, did we quote the rift a lot? I think we did. Oh no, I, ju- I just remember texting you a lot while I was reading it. Um and just being very excited by the various things that Toph was saying. Oh, I can't remember uh, anything right now. Mm-hmm. Cabbage guy, he appears. Oh man, <laughs> he says my cabbages at one point, right? Mm-hmm. That's a quote. Okay, back on topic. Um, <laughs> so you know, to appreciate the art just a, a little more, uh, you more? know, in the Anka. <sighs> okay, uh, you want to talk about the story? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so- someone who's listening right now is like, I think Nick just read my mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so I think, what do you think of Doc Justice? Because he's like obviously the main angle of this book. Um, and I think, you know, there are parts of his story that I think are uh, fairly predictable um, in a way that gets a little rote, but I think it still mainly really works. Um, well, here's what I like about this situation. It's very different from their usual hanging out in the mm-hmm. cave, so it, it's automatically like you feel a little yeah. tense, um, and you get to like explore new things, which is cool. 
Um, and I like that it's sort of one ongoing conflict. I think that works really, really well. Mm-hmm. The, the thing keeps being funny and like the characters you love and like they're all doing their own thing. Um, but it's less like totally hectic and disorienting. Like there's one story to follow. Um, yeah, it, it reads a lot like one episode of a TV show as opposed yeah. to like a bunch of different running plot lines that we've sort of had in the series yeah. previously. In the past, it's sort of like, let me just open this issue and like get a little window into the runaway's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like those aspects of it. And I actually think that they really worked. Um, and I like that we can have sort of both in different moments in the series. Um, mm-hmm. What I didn't like was it was a pretty basic plot. Um, it was like, oh, all my friends are really into this new character with suspicious motives, but he seems nice. And I'm the one left on the sideline, the only one who's jealous. No one believes me. I'm going to investigate. Right. Oh, I found out the secret. Oh, they're bad. Like, you've seen this. I've seen this. You saw it coming. Yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very basic mechanism for character conflict, which yeah. works, obviously, because the characters are still great. Like, it's runaways. I love it. Yeah. Um, but I at the same think, time, you know, I know where the story is going. Doc Justice is evil. I will say that I hesitated in, like, being 100% sure of that because I thought that maybe this was, like, a superhero with history. Like an actual, mm-hmm. is this made up for the series or? Uh, yeah, he was made up for this. All right, see, because Marvel is like that where they don't, they usually, usually it's like real stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought the only doubt in my mind was like, wait, is this like a real superhero that like you wouldn't be able to be like, well, he's just evil at the end. You know what I mean? But that yeah, was, that was my only doubt. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, that that is probably a valid doubt to have especially since runaways is geared toward primarily people who probably uh would have similar uh doubts yeah you know probably people who maybe aren't as familiar with the broader marvel universe and and wouldn't know that this guy isn't a new or that this guy is a new character um well i think there are some things that are kind of cool about him um you know i think uh i think it's interesting that he sort of plays off of like the kind of cyclical nature of superhero stories. Um, He's this guy who has had many iterations of the same team and he keeps murdering them uh, for publicity. Yeah, that was wild. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Kills children and women exclusively and young women. And he he lets his son live, uh, but not in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's this great bit where like Gert has like dug into his files and she just finds like this, uh, I think it's a, uh, maybe three pages worth of just, um, you know, him ranking how worthwhile it would be to kill various people on his teams. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really interesting. I like that they have this new angle on this kind of familiar trope of this character who is like you know, following a traditional archetype, but is off somehow. Like, we've seen that kind of thing before. Yeah, I wouldn't give it too much credit for being original, really. Okay. But... Um, you know, I, I, I like how, if they're going to do that, they do play into it. Like, this is a guy who has a lot of fun made-up history, to some extent. Like, he he apparently has, like, a, a gritty 90s phase, <laughs> which is funny. That's true. Uh, they did go all in, which I respect. Like, yeah, 
that was cool. Um, you know, I mean, the other thing is that Victor's like a huge fanboy of uh, Doc Justice, so he gives a lot of uh, fun exposition on uh, this guy's made up history. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. I would. I, I mean, never mind. I was going to say I would recommend it to someone starting off, but I wouldn't because it's sort of a. You have to know the characters and that sort of thing. But. Yeah. Mm hmm. But I like. I mean, I, I still think you can jump into Runaways in general as a pretty self-contained series. Yeah, and, I would still you know, be successful with it. Like this, I wouldn't. This wouldn't be my pitch. But mm -hmm. I think you do have to be pretty familiar with uh, at least Gerd and Victor um, in this one. Yeah, to get a lot of the oh, that's interesting the, stuff. Going that's here. the one thing I did like a lot. That was so great. The Gert Victor Chase situation, perfect all the time. Oh yeah, um, it's like. There's a scene in this where, or a couple scenes actually, where we focus on uh, whoa, kind whoa, whoa. of Gert and Chase negotiating the relationship between uh, themselves and Old Lace. Um, and it also, obviously, there's the the shadow hanging it, hanging over all this of, uh, <laughs> you know, Victor is currently dating Gert and uh, Gert and Chase are no longer together. Uh, and it's just great tension. Well, they have a confrontation about that, Gert and Chase, and they're like, ah, oh. like you sort of, you get both perspectives. Like this is something that was, you know, in the beginning of the series a lot because it starts off with Chase bringing back Gert, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And I like that that comes back now. And he's like, ah, oh. like, you know, obviously like he's sort of down on himself more. He's like, oh, we were never going to be together. And she's like, you know, don't say that because we might have been, but also I'm with Victor now, I guess. <laughs> Um, and then like, yeah. even after that, which they seem cool, like there is like always a tension, like when she's around Victor and like Chase is nearby, like you feel it, mm -hmm. which is, which is like understandable. At the beginning of this arc, we have a scene where Chase is shirtless. And of course he has his tattoo, uh, which is like Gert and it has a heart, uh, over it. Um, when, you know, Victor's like sitting right next to him and he spots the tattoo, uh, yeah. <laughs> and there's like, it's not really commented upon, but it's like, you know, yeah, of course that would happen. Yeah, that's weird. And uh, mm. I don't know. Um, oh, and then also the other thing I liked is that like Gert and Chase clearly have this connection still going and like are still good friends. Uh, and there's like little moments where like Victor looks fine in panel, but I feel like it's going to come back later because Gert and Chase are like, I don't know, they still still really getting along. I think it's maybe going to maybe going to amount to something or maybe they're just like, well, they're still good friends. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I like how it could go either way. Um, I think this is really appreciable that they're not quite playing up sort of the stereotypical drama that you would often get from this sort of situation. Yeah. I think it's, it's yeah. really natural um, because you have these strong characters and it really works. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned earlier, Gert's like, she has a lot to deal with this arc. I think she's pretty much the main character, at least for the back half of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, cause she's not allowed onto the team officially, um, you know, in part because uh, Doc Justice does not like fat women, uh, which is an interesting character detail. Uh, I thought that was pretty um, I don't think she knows that. I think that was pretty stupid. And like, because when he says that, you're like, ah, oh, he's the bad guy. <laughs> like, um, it's or like, he could just be like, you know, I mean, yes, but also like. Kind of unnecessary. You know, or he could just be like a guy of that age. Because uh, plenty of people do believe that. Look, Joe, when they put that in, it's like, yeah, like, 
Okay, like just. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, just clap him on top because he's already the bad guy. This is like um, it's like that horror comic when they were like ah, and Sozin hated gay people. It's like really, <laughs> did he? Uh, it's like just because he's already the like big bad character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, it's like you're not gonna have a character. You know, I, I think it's like ah, oh, I hate gay people. I think for for not the bad guy in this in in this situation, I think it's a realistic detail, even if it kind of gives away the plot. But at that point in the story, you're kind of already fairly suspicious of this guy anyway. That's true. So he's just being an asshole. And you're like, oh, cool, he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I, I've I, I think I've expressed on the show before that Gert is my favorite Runaways character, and I think possibly Rowell's too. Um, so it's really great to see her like get the spotlight in a big way, um, which you know she often has in this series. Um, if anything, I'd complain that it feels like she's going through the motions just a little. Like this is Gert; uh, she's doing Gert things. She doesn't change much uh, throughout this, at least not in terms of like her main arc of being suspicious of doc justice. Yeah. Um, you know, she's pretty much always right. Um, but on the other hand, like, you know, Gert has been challenged a lot lately in this series and it's kind of cool to have an arc where she's pretty much firmly in the position of being the voice of reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Other things I liked Gib. I loved Gib. Yeah. Gib always good. This time was just say I'm hungry and that was great. Yeah, Gib is the the character find of 2019. Gib is friggin' great. I like I like the when they put him in costume too. I was like, what? Gib's <laughs> <laughs> on the team, crazy. Mm-hmm. I like that everyone ignores him and that he's only surviving because the animals on the team kill things for him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say they ignore him because there's a part of the beginning where like Molly is trying to feed him like oh they're always trying to feed him uh, the soul of her stuffed cat. But like, if they like, if these animals didn't sneakily kill like smaller animals for him, he would be dead. They wouldn't have solved the problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, in that way, it feels like they're just like not yeah. exactly paying attention to him starving to death. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like, he is an elder god. I don't know if he can die. I think he he might just be like in intense pain when he's starving. That's too bad. I love Gib. Or I guess he can die because the the Giborim originally died. <laughs> he can die, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Gib's cool. Mm-hmm. I like Molly. I like the the Chase Gert Victor triangle, which I have never mm-hmm. heard. I loved a love triangle before, but I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh, you know a scene I like? Um, so there's this great bit um, in the middle of uh, sort of the, the part of the story where we still trust Doc Justice mostly, uh, where he's like training Nico to use her staff as a weapon rather than just as like a, a thing that casts spells. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of a sucker for that sort of thing. Uh, and it's really great here. Um, and it fits with this idea that Nico is feeling more relaxed and kind of unchallenged in like these kind of situations where she's not in charge. Yeah. Oh, I like that too. You're right. I like that. Her yeah. thing was like not having the strain of being a leader. That was cool. I was, mm-hmm. I like the idea of the, like the team is more organized under doc justice. I forgot about that. But, like, yeah. Like he pretty team. much immediately yeah. uh, turns them into like a fighting unit that they were never able to, to be on their own just yeah. because they're, you know, teenagers. <laughs> that was a cool bit. Yeah. I liked it. I also liked Matthew. 
Yeah, Matthew's great. He's just likable for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I hope... It seems like he'll show up later, but I, I, I hope that he at least makes like some appearances later on because he's a fun guy. Yeah, I just Gib Gib's my man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Gib. That's it. So there is one thing. It's a huge nitpick. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, so I haven't gone back to the original series uh, in a long while, so I could be wrong. Uh, but Gert makes like a He-Man reference in this, which feels wildly out of character to me uh, in, in terms of like her specific kind of pop culture literacy. Uh, you know, I wouldn't put it out of the question, but I kind of doubt there's like an interpretation of the Runaways timeline where the kids grew up with He-Man. Um, you know, there's a counter theory I'd, in, I'd introduced to this, uh, that her parents were very invested in showing her 80s cartoons. Uh, and, you know, probably their time travel factors into this somehow. I mean, Kurt likes old things, right? Chase said she liked old movies. Mm. Um. Here's my one. Yeah, but does, does that extend to, like, 80s toy commercials? I don't know. I Wasn't He-Man a show? I mean, it was, like, a cartoon, but it was, like, a toy commercial cartoon. Yeah, it was a cartoon, so, yeah. She would okay. have to have watched that cartoon. Or just know about it, right? What's the reference she makes? Yeah. Uh, she says, by the power of Grayskull, which is a thing from He-Man. All right. Well, she probably would have yeah. to watch it then. I don't know. Uh, there's also just. Can I complain? I don't know. I guess. I guess I'm familiar with "By the Power of Grayskull," and Gert is technically supposed to be like slightly younger than us. I guess. So. Yeah, but also like. Also, she time traveled, so younger and younger. Yeah. Younger and older. Right. Yeah. And I think it rounds out to about the same age. You were saying. In terms of, you know. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Um, yeah. My one complaint is that the last issue, 31, said something mm-hmm. like, what has happened to Chase Stein on the front? And nothing happened. Nothing. Yeah, I was I was a bit confused about that. I don't know why I said that. What a weird... Let me, uh, remote. Let me dig up my copy huh? again. There was not let even a question about what would happen to him. He looks... What has become of Chase Stein? Isn't that him uh, ever looking evil? Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Even like a tease. That's like nothing like that happened at all. He gets beat up a little, but he's, but like he's like, he looks evil. Or like, what has happened to him? Like, what a ridiculous cover. <laughs> it seems like maybe this arc wasn't meant to go on for quite as long as it did, and maybe that was like something that was planned uh, and made it to the cover, but didn't end up like in the series. I guess. That doesn't really make sense. I don't know why they would keep the, the blurb text, though. <laughs> I don't know. They could yeah. add the cover. Yeah, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Nick, you want to move on? Yes. Uh, so today, Nick, uh, as we do every week, uh, we're talking old media. So I feel, you know, like the Runaways revival has been pretty successful for Marvel, given how long it's been going on for this point. Uh, It's officially like outlasted the TV show. Um, What other series or like general thing uh, from the early to mid aughts uh, would you like to come back? Uh, You know, comics or otherwise? Hmm, That's a good question. Runaways was my big one for a long time. I was so angry about it. Yeah. Um, What else did I like? Uh... 
maybe maybe kicking it maybe kicking it should come back <laughs> that's firmly from the 2010s oh okay all right never mind <laughs> wait are you sure we're kicking it come out there's no way that's true joe what you do first, first episode did 2011 stopped airing in 2015 really all right never mind I take it all back. So we had, a, we had a conversation about kicking it before the episode started. You could not tell me anything about kicking it. <laughs> uh, not that I know anything about kicking it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. If not kicking it, since you won't allow me. 2000s. What was going on? Why don't you go first? You go first and I'll think. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, my go-to... Um, is I would always like for the uh, new X-Men series to come back, uh, which I think I forced you to read at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is the the X-Men series that follows uh, a group of uh, teen mutants uh, from the Xavier School after uh, a bunch of the mutant population has been wiped out, so a lot of their classmates uh, have died um, in a really traumatic way. Um, and it's this cool story about like you know living in the face of disaster um which i think is something that can't quite be plugged into in the same way in like the the modern uh x-men comics because they're just not about that anymore um but i think it would be cool to have some kind of continuation for those characters who haven't really showed up at all uh since that series's conclusion all right uh joe i've been thinking while you've been talking um mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think of like the things I read when I was a kid and all of them have come back. Um, right. <laughs> already. Captain Underpants came back. Um, <laughs> what else came back? How to Train Your Dragon kept, well, I guess it just kept going, but came back. Um, man, I guess Kung Fu Panda, because we were also talking about that earlier. Right. I think that's an acceptable answer. I wish that they would come back with the fourth, fifth, and sixth movie. Of, of Kung Fu Panda. That would be great for me. Right. Nick, you've got a wise quote for us? Um, yeah. This one's from, yeah. uh, from Abraham Lincoln, a good American. When I, when I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. And that's my religion. Okay. Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bordner and Nick Protopapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at joby underscore draws. You can read my webcomic Aeronaut at jobydraws.com. It updates every Monday and Friday. As always, Nick has nothing to promote. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It would really help with the show. Wash your hands. No, I'm doing it. Wait, no, you can't do it. You're supposed to talk. We can't both. Joe. Okay. You have to keep our guests entertained. All right. Yeah. <laughs>